Jean, the founding pastor of Victory Church, and from Odessa, Texas, I say welcome to our worship service number 296, June 26, 2022. If you are interested in downloading the bulletin of this teaching, I will invite you to go to our website, vchurch.us, look for the tab bulletins, and there you can download the bulletin of this teaching. Or if you are watching in the comfort of your home in a big TV, simply grab your phone, open the camera, point towards the QR code, and voila. We want to thank you for your support. Again, my beautiful church members, guys here in Odessa, thank you so much for your support. We love you. We pray for each one of you every single day. You are in our prayers. And uh, looking forward to see everybody here coming to the church. If you are somewhere watching online, that's the way to go. Don't forget to give us likes and loves. Make your comments on the podcast and the broadcast everywhere you can, where you are watching. Thank you so much for the songs, Tracy. Thank you so much, Sebastian, for your work with IT. And thank you to our wonderful friends helping us with the software behind scenes. So our broadcast goes to many countries in the whole world. And here in America, from Odessa, Texas. This is a beautiful Sunday morning, and we will continue studying and reflecting on the message that we started, the series we started it last week, New World Order. This is part two. And we are going to read from the easy to read version. And we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, guide us through this reflection. Let's read the scripture. Matthew 24, verses 35 and 36. The whole world, earth and sky, will be destroyed, but my words will last forever, says the Lord. No one knows when that day or time will be. The sun and the angels in heaven don't know when it will be. Only the Father knows. Only the Father knows. If you remember in this series, we are going to reflect on God's prophecy. And we, we will split this in four different, let's say, episodes. And uh, the first one purpose was, was the, the one that we spoke last weekend, the worship service 295 on June 19. Today, on Worship Service 296, we are going to talk today, June 26th, about timing. And of course, we will discuss the following two big topics, signs, and key players in order to understand better what is this concept of the new world order. That's wonderful. Timing is what we are going to discuss today. If you read with me one more time, this passage of the scripture, it says the whole world, earth and the sky will be destroyed. By, but my words, says the Lord, will last forever. No one knows when that day or time will be. The sun and the angels in heaven don't know when it will be. Only the father knows. Those are words from our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 24 of the Gospel of Matthew is one of the most powerful chapters in the gospel and actually in the whole Bible where the Lord Jesus is 
talking about the future, the end of times. And part of that, it has to do with the new world order. Now, what if we talk for a moment about a word that is kind of common among certain religious circles, which is the word dispensation. What is the definition of the word dispensation? It's a system of order existing at a particular time. So people decided to start working and studying and building certain ideas about these uh, eras. They call them dispensation. And uh, on the screen, you, you see them here listed seven of those dispensations. In fact, out of those seven, six already happened. The first one, innocence, which is before the fall, Adam and Eve. Conscience is after the fall, Adam and Eve. Government, that is after the flood. And then four is the promise with Abraham. Five, the law with Moses. And after the Lord Jesus Christ, the dispensation called grace or the dispensation of the church. Those are past or even present dispensations, they call. But there is one that everyone is curious. And I know this is exactly the reason why we are here today, trying to understand more about the future, right? In that dispensation, they call it the kingdom or millennial, all right? So in order to understand better these things, I want to present to you two definitions that are important. The first one is a historian. Do, do you know what a historian is? It's, it's an expert in history, especially of a particular period, geographical region, or social phenomenon. A historian is somebody that took his time to study all these details, right? Now, what is, that, what is the difference between a historian and the scholar? The scholar is an specialist, is also a specialist in a particular branch of a study, especially the humanities, a distinguished academic. This particular person, the scholar, is someone that is teaching. Those individuals are very intelligent, very knowledgeable, and most everybody respect historians and scholars. And I say most everybody because it's true. However, there are people that are not too much into accepting the value of the views of historians and scholars. In fact, you know, those individuals, part of them, a group, many of them, they were theologians, were the ones that came up with these things about the Dispensations that we mentioned, those six past and present dispensation, right? But there are other two guys that I want to talk to you today that is important that we consider their presence into what we consider today the free speech, people that love to say what they think, not necessarily that we agree with them, but they, they are there, and you might heard them before, and you can hear them. The first one is the one that loves to attract attention to himself. 
the exhibitionist, we call them. It's very extravagant. Exhibitionist, they, they are peculiar. Some of them are very eloquent speakers. They have special personalities and uh, they have access to resources to present their views about their future. And particularly uh, what we are when we are discussing about the, the new world order, there are quite a few exhibitionists out there, but their main intention is to draw attention to themselves. Now, you know that in, in any field, you will find the, the Bologna strategist, which is a different person, right? This is the one who is always telling everybody what is going to happen. But the truth is that the, the Bologna strategist, he basically just can explain to you with eloquence why his projections did not come true. Historian and scholars, they publish serious evaluations of the past and the present. While exhibitionist or Bologna strategists, th their view of the future cannot be taken seriously. It's important that you understand that because when you are hearing about new world order in God's prophecy, eschatology, end of times, all that, you, you will find some that are not too serious, but they present their views in such a way that it looks like it's for real, but not necessarily. So you need to think a little bit more when you are listening to those individuals. Now, what is what you can do to try to comprehend God's prophecy for the future? Well, one important thing that applies to the comprehension of the scripture is that you don't take passages of the Bible out of context. And that is a very common mistake. But if you are serious about studying God's word and especially God's prophecy for the future, do not take one passage of the Bible out of the context. You need to study the context. You need to comprehend what is the context before you take that particular verse and throw it out there. Second important thing that you need to evaluate when it's about God's prophecy for the future is what's going on with Israel. And you need to learn about Israel, their history in the Bible, in the modern history, and where we are right now. Israel is a very important key player into this eschatology, end of times. All these teachings are related with Israel. And you, if you really want to know more about God's prophecy for the future, certainly learning about Israel is important to you. Geography, history, political history, etc. The, the third thing that you should do if you are seriously interested in learning about God's prophecy for the future, you need to read and study all the prophets' writings in the Old Testament and New Testament. Definitely, you have to learn more about the prophets. You need to read them, study, and that will help you to learn more about God's timing. Because it's not just 
whenever you think or somebody says, there is much more that we are going to be discussing today. We will continue reading here in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, forward, verses 1, 8, etc. Many passages of the scripture that I think that you will really love to, to read with me. Let's start here. Jesus left the temple area and was walking away, but his followers came to him to show him the temple's buildings. He asked them, are you looking at these buildings? The fact is, they will be destroyed. Every stone will be thrown down to the ground. Not one stone will be left on another. Later, Jesus was sitting at a place on the Mount of Olives. The followers came to be alone with him. They said, tell us when these things will happen and what will happen to prepare us for your coming and the end of time. Let me read this one more time, because this actually tells you what is the reason why the curiosity of many people. Tell us when these things will happen and what will happen to prepare us for your coming and the end of time. Jesus answered, <laughs> be careful. Don't let anyone fool you. Many people will come and use my name. They will say, I am the Messiah. And they will fool many people. You will hear about wars that are being fought. And you will hear stories about other wars beginning. But don't be afraid. These things must happen before the end comes. Nations will fight against other nations. Kingdoms will fight against other kingdoms. There will be times when there is no food for people to eat, and there will be earthquakes in different places. These things are only the beginning of troubles, like the first pains of a woman giving birth. The beginning of troubles. So we, we will start right here, precisely when when it's about God's timing, something that you have to see very clearly is that there are troubles. And, and that is not a popular topic to talk about, especially when it's about prophecy, especially when it's about your life. People don't want to hear about problems. People don't want to to come to church or watch a worship service and listen to a preacher to hear about, about troubles. People don't like that. But this chapter 24 talks about troubles. And actually, the Lord used the expression beginning of troubles. So if you are curious, if you are serious, if you really want to know about the end of times in the new world order, you have to read it exactly as the Lord says it. The beginning of troubles. And there are some indicators here. You know, one of those is what he called, they are going to come. Many saying, I am the Messiah. Now, don't get, don't get confused with this. Because a literal translation or interpretation, forgive me, 
a literal interpretation of this is that you think the beginning of troubles is when someone says, I am Jesus. I am the Messiah. I am the, the Redeemer that is coming back to save you guys. Some people can, can think that that is what he is trying to say, but actually, no. You know, here, here he's talking about the concept of the Messiah. You know, the Messiah is the, the Redeemer, the anointed one that the Lord God, Father, needed for us to look at, to adore, revere, surrender, and give our lives to our Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah is the Redeemer, the Savior, the one that helps you get out of those situations, right? So the beginning of troubles actually is when that concept of there is a solution for your problems shows up. And here's the first tricky part that many Christians can see is when they are looking for a solution to their troubles, and most of the time, that solution has to do with income. That solution has to do with money and, and actually benefits that can help them through an employment or a contract or a business, anything material that can sustain their lives. Because it's the natural instinct of people to look for safety, provision, help. So the beginning of troubles is when you start to see everywhere, different places, organizations, people, including political organizations, of course, even religion, corporations, businesses, Ideas in the mind of the people that tell them, here is your solution. You are going to be safe, and you are going to be taken care of, and you don't need to be worried about anything, because here, this is your place. This is your particular area where you can find what you are in need of. Everything will be provided here. Because whatever is the thing says to you, I am the solution. I am your savior. And as you know, many people precisely get caught into that. They get trapped into that idea. This is my salvation, they say. And rather than looking for in God, the source of provision and healing, and help, they start to forget about the Lord because they feel the safe place into this thing. The source of income, majority of the time, whether they are young or they are old, the source of income. Here is my solution. My employment is my solution, my contract. The source of my money, because with money, I can take care of everything, is what people think. What do you think? So, the beginning of trouble is precisely there, my friend. 
The beginning of the, your trouble is when you start looking for in things, whatever is that thing, the source of your solutions, the source of your provision, rather than putting your eyes on the Lord and trusting entirely on the Lord. Because when, when you stop trusting entirely on the Lord, how, how do you do that? When you stop worshiping him, you don't see the importance of getting together with other believers to worship the Lord in person. You don't see the importance of reading the scripture and applying that scripture. It, it is like this individual that knows what is the right thing to do, but doesn't want to do it. Something like that. And why is that? Because they feel safe. They feel that by going this, to this other thing, this other activity, to this other place where they can devote their entire lives. Are you listening? They can devote their entire lives finding that solution to their problems. That is the beginning of troubles. Do you think that uh, we, we are in that place? We know what's the story. And what about wars? Well, we have lived it the last century, two world war wars. Two worlds. Two wars that practically destroyed half of the world. Nations against nations. Of course. But here's another thing that you have to see is kingdoms against kingdoms, which people think that it has to do with countries and not necessarily. It's again, the competition to see who has more. You have no idea the power that certain organizations, commercial, financial, entrepreneurial organizations can have to control and domain people and have them working there as slaves and they don't allow things, they have policies they say, things that they cannot do they say because it's company policy they say, kingdoms against kingdoms, when you see the big fight, the commercial fight in the world, because companies and names and icons and logos and all that, they all are trying to be the greatest, better, bigger, more powerful. And also, the Lord said that the beginning of troubles have to do with the lack of food and earthquakes. So, are we right there? Maybe. Maybe. But is, those two are also indications of the beginning of troubles. Let's continue reading. Verses 9 through 14. Then you will be arrested and handed over to be punished and killed. People all over the world will hate you because you believe in me. During that time, many believers will lose their faith 
they will turn against each other and hate each other. Many false prophets will come and cause many people to believe things that are wrong. There will be so much more evil in the world that the love of most believers will grow cold. But the one who remains faithful to the end will be saved. And the good news I have shared about God's kingdom will be told throughout the world. It will be spread to every nation. Then the end will come. So we heard, we talked, we discussed the beginning of troubles. So now let's talk about the, the troubles. What is what the troubles bring in general? The first thing that we read here is about believers arrested to be punished and killed. That's a serious thing. One thing is to say, you cannot pray in the school. You cannot pray in the, work, in the workplace. You cannot sing the national anthem here. You cannot say anything about God in this store. You know, one thing is, is it started to um, control what things believers cannot do. Another thing is to start arresting believers to be punished and killed. So definitely, we are not there. People think, well, it's going to, it's happening in some places. It happened in the past. Certainly it is. But according with these indications we, we receive from the Lord Jesus, there are certain things. There is a, an order. You, you understand? There is an order. And here we are in this moment when believers will be arrested to be punished and killed. And then he says, believers will be losing their faith, turning with hate against each other. You don't see that happening in the world yet, but it's going to happen. It talks about false prophets making many people believe wrong things and is, is developing. All, all these things, although they are not fully developed, they are developing. You start to hear about beliefs that certain organizations have that have to do naturally with uh, genders, for example. To give you just one example. And they say it's okay. Organizations that talk about many things that you know that's just wrong. But they say no, it's not wrong. The trouble will come, the real troubles that the Lord Jesus are talking about is they are going to be in, in a context with, where there is so much evil in the world that the love of most believers will grow cold. It's so much evil. You know, let's, let's talk about it for, for one second. Probably in your case, you have lived experience perhaps of troubles in church. Maybe you lived it or you heard about it. Maybe you know stories about 
big fights in churches to the point that they now split and now they don't talk to one another. Maybe you were part of that, I don't know, or maybe you just heard about it. You know, one thing is the splitting of churches and congregations, but then they're talking about hating each other. And then when all that is happening and there is so much evil in the world, what is the next thing that will believers experience? <laughs> the love of many of them will grow cold. Suddenly at that point when the troubles, the Lord Jesus called them troubles, when those troubles come, you are going to see a lot of people that are totally not interested in church or God or the Bible. But the Lord Jesus says, some will remain faithful helping to spread the gospel to every nation. Some will remain faithful. Not all believers are going to go in that direction. What are you going to do? Let's suppose there was a law or there is a system, there is a way that they are forcing you to stop talking about God. They tell you that if you continue talking about God, they can arrest you. And I'm not talking about social media jail. I'm talking about the real jail or prison. What would you do when you see that the, even among Christians, there are many that are doing so many bad things. And now they are fighting against each other. They hate each other and false prophets, and there is so much evil in the world, what would you do? Will you remain faithful, my friend? Will you remain faithful to God? Or you will say, I'm out of here. I, I, this is too much for me. I, I cannot handle this. Too much trouble, you know? Why? It's not worth it. Many people will do that. Many people have done that. Many people are doing that today. But the Lord Jesus says, some will remain faithful, helping to spread the gospel to every nation. Isn't it beautiful? Let's continue reading. Verses 15 through 22. Daniel the prophet spoke about the terrible thing that causes destruction. You will see this terrible thing standing in the holy place. The people in Judea at the time should run away to the mountains. They should run away without wasting time to stop for anything. If they are on the roof of their house, they must not go down to get anything out of the house. If they are in the field, they must not go back to get a coat. During that time, it will be hard for women who are pregnant or have small babies. Pray that it will not be winter or a Shabbat day or Shabbat when these things happen and you have to run away because it will be a time of what? Great trouble. 
there will be me, there will be more trouble than has ever happened since the beginning of the world. And nothing as bad as that will ever happen again. But God decided, has decided to make that terrible time short. If it, not, if it were not made short, no one will continue living. But God will make that time short to help the people he has chosen. So now we are talking about the end. The Lord Jesus told us there is a beginning of troubles. And then he says about the troubles. And now he's talking about the end. When the end will come, there is something that people will witness, which is something called the abomination of desolation in Jerusalem. Before I get there, I want to take you with me back to the beginning of this chapter, which also we used it last Sunday, when the Lord Jesus said, referring to the temple of Jerusalem, you see these walls, these buildings, they are going to fall down. And as you know, that happened. That happened probably 40-something years later, or 60 years later, or 30 years later, whatever. In that period of time, Jerusalem had another defeat in the destruction of the temple. And many people thought that that event was exactly this part that the Lord Jesus actually quoted Daniel, talking about the abomination of desolation in Jerusalem. Some people consider back then, this is it. So this is the end of times. But the truth is that this abomination that we are talking about here, the abomination of desolation in Jerusalem that Daniel explains deeply, and we are going to talk a little bit more on the following episodes of this series. But this abomination of des desolation in Jerusalem also includes a process of worship to something, to somebody right there, standing right there, which was not the case back then. When Titus took over Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. And at the end that the Lord Jesus is talking about, the very end, that is going to happen. And it's a monstrosity. It's, and, you know, there are many things that have to do with uh, the processes that Jews were used to by presenting sacrifices in the temple. So that will happen in the end. Remember, there is a beginning of troubles, then the troubles, and now we are in the end. The Lord Jesus said, this time of great trouble is incomparable with past or future problems. There is no comparison. The Lord says, God will make that time short to help the people he has chosen. Otherwise, everybody will die. Imagine that. Imagine how horrible the end will be. There is no comparison. Nothing that you can compare with the past problems or anything in the future. Nothing. This great trouble. This 
It's horrible. It's at the very end. Let's continue reading. Verses 23 through 29. Someone might say to you at that time, look, there is the Messiah. Or someone else might say, there he is, but don't believe them. False messiahs and false prophets will come and go and do great miracles and wonders, trying to fool the people God has chosen, if that is possible. Now, I have warned you about this before it happens. Someone might tell you the Messiah is there in the desert, but don't go into the desert to look for him. Someone else might say, there is the Messiah in that room, but don't believe it. When the Son of Man comes, everyone will see him. It will be like lightning flashing in the sky that can be seen everywhere. It is like looking for a dead body. You will find it where the vultures are gathering about. Right after the trouble of those days, this will happen. The sun will become dark and the moon will not give light. The stars will fall from the sky and everything in the sky will be changed. So now we are here talking about the end, right? During that end, probably the two... Amazing things that we can understand in this passage, in this section that we just read, it's about the false messiahs and false prophets, which the Lord Jesus says they will do great miracles and wonders. Do you understand? They will do that. How? We don't know how. But at the very end, they will do great miracles and wonders. It's going to happen. But obviously, the second aspect that we can highlight here is the extraordinary changes of the sun, the moon, the stars, and the sky. Those are going to be extraordinary events that those who were alive during those days, during those years, during that season, they will be in total shock by looking at what is happening to the sun, the moon, the stars, and the sky. Let's continue reading. Verses 30 through 35. Then there will be something in the sky that shows the Son of Man is coming. All the people of the world will cry. Everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds in the sky. He will come with power and great glory. He will use a loud trumpet to send his angels all around the earth. They will gather his chosen people from every part of the earth. The fig tree teaches us a lesson. When its branches become green and soft and new leaves begin to grow, then you know that Summer is very near. In the same way, when you see all these things happening, you will know that the time is very near. Already present. I assure you that all these things will happen while some of the people of this time are still living. The world, the whole world, 
earth and sky will be destroyed, but my words will last forever. My words will last forever, says the Lord. The second coming of the Lord Jesus. You know what is amazing is when he describes this event, he talks about that everyone that will be alive then will cry. And the question is why? The question is why people will cry when they see Jesus coming in disguise. The Lord Jesus says everyone will see him. He says that he will use a loud trumpet to gather his chosen people from every part of the earth. He's coming. And when that happens, he says, he said, the whole world, earth and sky will be destroyed. So this, my friend, gives you some ideas of how and in what point things will happen and how those things will develop. But the Lord Jesus doesn't leave it like that. He actually tells us more from verses 36 through 44. No one knows when that day or time will be. The Son and the angels in heaven don't know when it will be. Only the Father knows when the Son of Man comes. It will be the same as what happened during Noah's time. In those days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving their children to be married right up the day Noah entered the boat. They knew nothing about what was happening until the flood came and destroyed them all. It will be the same when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field and one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding grain with a mill. One will be taking and the other will be left. So always be ready. You don't know the day your Lord will come. But, listen to this. What would a homeowner do if he knew when a thief was coming? <laughs> you know, he will be ready and not let the thief break in. So you also must be ready. The Son of Man will come at a time when you don't expect Him. Because the truth is, nobody knows when that time will be. During the time of Noah, people were totally oblivious of what was happening there. Noah was devoted to preserve humanity his family, but the rest of the people were totally oblivious about what was happening until the day of the rain and the flood. And the Lord Jesus says, it's exactly the same when the day of the Lord comes. People are today, many, totally unaware of the eternity and sovereignty of the Lord God. What about you? Are you oblivious to? You don't think of God at all or just maybe once in a while? You are totally unaware of the eternity of God? 
Are you maybe unaware of the sovereignty of the Lord God? Not realizing that he is powerful, almighty. Because one day the Lord Jesus will come back. And he says, you need to be ready. Although nobody knows, you need to be ready. And you can do that. You wonder, well, how? I'll tell you something that might help you. What if you start to live your, your amazing life to please our amazing Lord? Did you hear what I said? Live your amazing life to please our amazing Lord. And you are wondering, my amazing life? What are you talking about? Amazing life? My life? My life is not amazing. That is the problem. Because your life is amazing. You need to start realizing how amazing is the fact that you were created. You are not an accident. You are not a result of uh, aliens. You are not the result of monkeys evolving. You are not the result of a, an explosion billions of years ago and then you came here. Your life is amazing. Because the Lord God created you. There was a conception. There was a dad and there was a mom. There was a baby. And this baby came to this world. That is amazing. Your life is amazing. You are alive. Because God created you. He made you. Everything about you is amazing. Because the Lord, the Lord God created you. Created you with love. He made you with love. He made you to love you. Hoping that you will be able to love him back. That is amazing. Don't you think it's amazing that the Lord God made you, created you? It's amazing everything that has happened to you. There are many problems, of course, childhood, health, money, frustrations, disappointments. But you are still here. You're alive. Many people have died younger than you, probably with much better conditions than you, probably with a lot of expectations for these individuals that they are already dead. But that's not your case. 
you're alive. You still are alive. Your life is amazing. And you wonder, right? Why those parents? Why that family? Why in that place? Why in that year? Why this and why that? You wonder about those things. But the answer to all that is that your life is amazing. You see the whole big picture of God's creation to the end. And he cares so much for you. Your life is amazing. You know, your life is, if you allow me, it's like a movie. The movie of your life, and you are the protagonist. Isn't it amazing that you are the main actor in this movie? With the things that you do, the things that you say, your reactions, your mistakes, your sad moments and your victories as well, your triumphs and your defeats. This is the movie of your life. You want to hear something else? That movie keeps going on and on because you are still alive. And this morning you woke up and you were there in the center of that camera of the movie of your life because you are the protagonist of that movie. Because the Lord loves you. Your life is amazing. He cares for you. He made you. He watches over you. He provides for you. He cares for you. He wants to see you better in all aspects of your life. And he's expecting you one day in heaven. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be loved. Your life is amazing. And the day will end. And tonight, eventually, you will go to bed. But while you are sleeping, the movie of your life keeps going on and on. You know what? Maybe it's not a movie. Maybe it's a TV series. Which every day is a new episode. Isn't that amazing? That you are the protagonist of something so special called the story of your life. And then you wake up the next day and then you do whatever you will do. Because your life is amazing. Right now. You know, you were not born in the year 300s. Do you know what was happening in those years, 300s? Well, in those years, the church leaders decided that they needed to compile all the writings and they decided to come up with something that we call today the Bible. The canon of the Bible was established in the year 300s. You were not born in those years. It's amazing that you are here now. 
you you were not in those ships coming from Europe with Christopher Columbus going to the unknown. That was their lives. Your life is here now. Every season, every person has his own life, his own story, his own movie. Because your life is amazing. And the Lord made you with purposes and skills and talents. And that is what really matters for God about you. Your life. Your life. Your life is amazing. And you can do things with your own life. If you want to. You can please our amazing Lord with your amazing life. You are here, my friend. You are now here. <laughs> you are the protagonist of that movie, the story of and doesn't stop, keeps going on every day, the whole day, the whole night, the whole week, the whole month, the whole year. It's amazing. The Lord God created you. He had a plan from the beginning and he is working, working, working to see you accomplishing things because he is amazing and your life is amazing. On the previous message, last Sunday I spoke to you about the purposes of God's prophecy and I said to you, the Lord wants you to know that he is in full control. The Lord, the Lord God has a plan that includes you. His vision is beyond this earthly life, and he is the sovereign king of the universe. That's, that's the purpose of the prophecy. So don't be frightened about anything. Keep trusting in him. And this plan includes you. And it's up to you. It's up to you, my friend. Absolutely Now, we know that one day is going to happen. What, what we call the day of the Lord. And it's going to come, but you don't, don't expect it. You don't expect that. One day is going to come. Are we going to be here until the end of times? Nobody really knows. But one, one thing is true. The day of the Lord is going to come to you, whether it's through the events of the end of times or because it's your time to come back to Him. That is the truth. You want to know. Of course you want to know. Like the disciples. Tell us more. When? So we can be prepared. 
And the Lord said, nobody really knows when. <laughs> but I'm going to give you some indications, the Lord said. And we went through all this for now. We will talk more about in the next two episodes of this series. But today that we discuss what he said, the Lord Jesus said, there are many truths there, many facts that will help you to understand that the purpose of God's prophecy is to show you that the Lord God is in full control. Remember that. He is in full control. His plan includes you. You remember that one of the things the Lord Jesus said, some will remain faithful and will help to spread the gospel throughout the whole world. His plans are beyond this earthly life. It's something way, way more important behind all this. I'm sorry, beyond all this. Because he is the sovereign king of the universe. And that should, should be sufficient for you. So today I want to invite you. If you have never in the past opened your heart to God, do it today with me. Do it today with me. Just let the Holy Spirit come upon you. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that has been talking to you through the whole message today. And you have felt in many ways, you know, probably a little bit uncomfortable, in some points a little bit touched. But there is something that you know is supernatural and you don't understand what is that. It's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And right now it's upon you. He is expecting that you open your heart. Let the power of God come upon you. What can you lose? What can you lose by opening your heart? It's the opposite. You're going to gain so much. You are going to be so blessed with the Spirit of God living within you. And when that happens, everything is going to be different for you. Your way of seeing things. And I will tell you what else the Lord does. He brings healing, the supernatural healing of God. So I'm going to pray right now for your healing. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, for my friend who is listening carefully and is understanding that you are almighty. So as he or she opens his heart or her heart to receive your love, I pray, Lord, show him, show her, show to my friend your power, Lord, right now. Your power. And give him healing. Give her healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My friend, 
John 3.16 declares the most wonderful thing, you see it on the screen, it's all about the salvation that we experience in the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you like to read this verse with me? God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not be lost but have eternal life. Just say with me, I believe in Jesus. <laughs> say it. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus is my Savior. And I ask you, Lord God, please forgive me for my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Receive your forgiveness. Receive many blessings from the Lord God Almighty. And remember that from Odessa, Texas, with love, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our church, Victory Church, my family, and everyone here in the church, we say to you, thank you for being here with us. This was New World Order Part 2. I invite you to go to the website bchurch.us. There you can find great tools. You will find ebooks. You will have, you will find the podcast, access to many other messages. It's all available there for you. So thank you so much for being here. One more time, my invitation for our next Sunday service, July the 3rd, Worship Service 297, New World Order, Part 3. Hope to see you soon, my friend, and uh, thank you so much. Good morning. Let me invite you to download or install Gian TV, which is our Roku channel. If you have a Roku TV or a Roku device, don't hesitate to install this free, absolutely free Roku channel. You will be able to watch wonderful videos, all the categories that we have here. So go to search channels, search for Gian TV, and then hit install. Don't forget to give us a five stars if you like our videos. Thank you so much for watching. By Giancarlo Vitutoro. I know you have suffered, but what if you would have never met your mom because she died giving birth to you? That's the beginning of Simon's story. Then Simon's father died when he was only 15 years old. He was sent to a foster home where he was bullied, humiliated, and there was no one to protect him. But Simon decided to find a way to get his revenge by studying and becoming good at sports. He won a scholarship, and soon he started his own business, Simon Yardwork. Mean people were envious of his success, but one day, Simon met and fell in love with Jackie. They were happy until the FBI arrested Simon due to clues that incriminated him with several murdered people. Will Simon end up in prison? Don't miss the outcome of this story, The Best Revenge, the musical that will inspire everyone to pay good for evil. Go to mygiancarlo.com to purchase The Best Revenge on audio and video.
All of my tears You make me feel loved You make me feel good I love your words You changed my world You make me feel loved You make me feel good I love your words You changed my world You Your love coming, you're my spring 
The winter is over, no more snow My heart you filled with your love Now in my home I hear the birds I see the kids playing, boys and girls Like the ocean wants the moon, like the grass needs the rain, come and take my pain away. How can somebody fix my heart? My life is falling apart, if only there was somebody who sees that I'm not. Nobody, how can somebody fix my heart? My life is falling apart, if only there was somebody who sees that I'm not. Nobody, sing to me a love song again, fly me on your airplane. It is absolutely amazing what I am feeling. Never before I experienced what you have done to me. I know that in the past I didn't see things as I do now. But honestly, you have changed everything for me. And uh, I don't want to let it go. I don't want you to go anywhere. Stay here with me, by me, because you make me feel alive. And I know that you love me, and I love you. I love you with all of my heart. I belong to you. You brought me a new life, a life that is absolutely profound, real, and true. I feel alive. You make me fly. I'm in the clouds. You make me alive. This is my night. I'm gonna fight. I feel the wind. I'm gonna win. I feel alive. You make me fly. I'm in the clouds. Hey, 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 that's all, that's all, that's all, folks. <laughs> Time to go home. <laughs> Ciao.